Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. My name's Jack Thomason. I'm here at the Oaks in Greensboro, Alabama. Thanks for listening. You tried to write a song today Demons stayed inside much power to the voice inside your head but will you write the closing chapter to the book you've never read Tried to sell your soul today, but the devil wasn't buying. And you've run away from love again, cause you saw no use in trying. And that peaceful disposition. That 
that they've missed for quite a while is still a slave to indecision and just failed another trial. Is this a race for a cause? Is the crowd looking on in disgrace? Will I stop clenching my jaw and be rid of this look on my face? Feeling empty and raw. Can someone please get me out of this place? I'm gonna brace for the fall. in the middle there but hey hadn't played in whenever the last time we saw each other was are you ready yes welcome you to porch talk this is your host alan and it is good to be back with you after taking almost a month off i'm back in greensboro alabama i have ian crawford here with me and i have multiple things i want to talk to him about but ian thank you so much for opening up your home to me oh it's a pleasure to see you again and glad to have you back here i've been looking forward to this yeah so uh last time i learned that uh geese are better than dogs (laughs) (laughs) yeah you had a little bit of a (laughs) run-in that's right uh we've got uh, uh 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 some geese here and um uh i think that the day you're here with jack um I was upstairs sort of lounging around and Jack came in, looked a little sheepish and said, Hey, uh, <laughs> can you do something about these geese? Yeah. <laughs> Alan's trying to leave in there. <laughs> Dude, I took a step off the porch. And it, they, you know that weird, it's a weird sound they make. If, oh, they if get to hissing. They if, get to hissing. If it yeah. was pitch black. Oh, it would be. A, um, yeah. 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 You wouldn't know. And I think about people walking down um, my, the, the side street by my house. If you were just walking home late at night and you heard, um, the geese when they get to honking and screaming in the night just to pass the time yeah you'd get to running <laughs> you didn't <laughs> you know what away. it was <laughs> yeah so i would take a step and you know they would come at me and just yeah. you know try to headbutt me and <laughs> flog a little bit and i would just step back up on the porch and like you walk out there which two mistakes on my end was like they don't like strangers and they don't like shoestrings oh yeah no they, they weren't gonna have it with those shoes um <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, 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 they calmed down a little bit, but I loved the post. You said, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to kick another man's goose. That's right. That's what I, yeah, I got home. I was, uh, buddy of mine came over. I was like, man, you ever had a run in with geese? He's like, no, I was like, it's a weird thing. But I was like, I don't, I think this is a principle. I think it's always true. Never kick another man's goose. <laughs> Cause you look at them and, and you're, they're, they're intimidating, but at the same time you said, well, I'm bigger than you I, yeah. I i can deal with you but yeah. when they come at you and flapping the wings and carrying on yeah, yeah they, they create a sight yeah no kidding uh, but 
but just a little bit of, um, about the property before uh, we move on into just talking about you and how you, you got here is, um, man, I do want to spend a little time with, I mean, there's art here in this room, but uh, you were telling me the story. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, the horses. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and the name of that painting. Um, oh, yeah, me. yeah. The, um, uh, uh, this, this house is called The Oaks. It was mm-hmm. built in 1845, um, and uh, it's a Greek revival house. Um, I'd always liked big, boxy architecture and was real taken with this style. And when I got the house, um, uh, rooms started to kind of ask for things. You'd, you'd sort of get a sense of, of, of what something needed. You know, often you can read some article that says, this is what every foyer needs, or everyone's living room should have a this. Sure. All that goes out the window when you deal with a historic property, an older house, because the house has a personality, and you're going to deal with that, that personality as you go move through it. And um, um, this had big, bold, classical lines, and it wanted big art, and it wanted... Um, a story to be told and uh, I, I really enjoy being part of that story and uh, I was real connected uh, have always been fascinated with uh, Greek mythology and classicism mm-hmm. and um, so yeah me you... too I mean when I saw that when I walked through the door I was like me and him are going to get along just fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is it is the 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 uh, you, you, you enter a space and you want to be engulfed in it and, and feel like you're part of something and um, and houses like this the hallway you really actually do use um i move through that room every day so i've got a big painting of automedon and the horses of achilles and um in the scene you've got automedon who's the charioteer of achilles and he's um uh trying to get the two horses um calmed down to attach them to the chariot to to take into um to take achilles into troy uh but in in the uh, mythological story uh, Achilles is given true two horses, uh, Xanthos and Balios, and gods give them the gift of foresight and the gift of speech, then realize that's too many gifts. Mm-hmm. And before the horses can say, take away foresight, they take away speech. And the horses therefore know the future, but cannot tell the future. And they know they're going to bring their owner to his death when they go into Troy and they're rearing up and they're foaming at the mouth and they're just... There, 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 there's power and anguish in it. There's excitement, but also fear. And their eyes are rolling back in their head. And Automedon is there, and he's just trying to get his job done today. Just like yesterday, you're going to be attached to the chariot. and But they know it's going to happen. And I love passing that because it, it's a reminder of be aware of your surroundings. And sometimes when something doesn't feel right, it isn't right. And those horses, yeah, trust your gut, trust your gut, trust your gut. And, and they knew this was wrong and they didn't want to do it. And how often in my life I've been automated and said, well, but today I'm supposed to do this, so I, I better get to it. Uh, and I think it's it's a real powerful thing to, a story to be told through art. Um, and the, the artist uh, was was not a classically trained artist when he, when he started. He would draw pictures of carnival horses <laughs> rearing up and being active and so on. Uh-huh. And uh, so he was able to capture excitement and energy that a lot of the classically trained artists from the big schools were um, were unable to do because they they didn't go to carnivals, they didn't go to circuses, they didn't see that kind of stuff. That was that was lowbrow entertainment. Uh-huh. And so he was there watching animals behave and canter and do these things. So he has real energy and excitement to his work. I mean, later becomes classically trained, but I always was real drawn to that, and and it's a it's a neat thing to have. I mean, it's you know it's one thing with the polar vortex that we had here. Um, last couple of weeks uh, and I, I like the way that uh, a lot of people and businesses were handling that and I don't know if it was because of COVID awareness but 
a lot of business, my own company of I got the call each night, don't come in tomorrow. Yeah. You ain't no good to us dead. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, what a novel idea. Pay attention to it. Look at, look at what's going on and actually respond to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about... Um, but it goes to that painting. What you say is like something to look out, look at before you walk out your door because this might be the last time. It, 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 it could be you don't know what, um, uh, what, what forces are at work. And um, I, I think about how often we make a call based on all the artificial aspects of life well, I better do this because I can't let down so-and-so because they could call my boss, which would turn into this and turn into that. And sometimes like, no, I got to stop and, and, and deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I saying this is reminding me of a time I was on my way to a fundraiser or something. I was, I was dressed up. I remember that I was all dressed up for something and it had started to rain and I came up to a bridge um, and there were several turtles crossing and at first I thought I'm going to carefully meander around the turtles. And then I stopped and said, nope. <laughs> and I got out and I helped the turtles cross the road Yeah, <laughs> in the rain and so forth. I said, I said, something is telling me right now I'm going to feel guilty about this. And I, and I come back across this bridge and I'm going to see crushed turtles. I, you know, I, as silly as that was, I said, I'm right now going to do, mm-hmm. going to do this. I feel like I should. So I will. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, man, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your story and getting us up to this point. Yeah, uh, where are you originally from? Uh, so I was born and raised in Auburn, Alabama, and uh, uh, so so East Alabama uh, yeah. uh, boy. And um, growing up there, um, it, the university had not gotten as big as it is now. And I mean, I remember when we were kids, my sisters and I, you could ride your bike the wrong way down or one way on spring break and not see anybody. I mean, it was just just the town was deserted without the students. And um, it was such a neat place to be, and we'd go out and explore and, yeah. and have fun. Um, my, uh, uh, my dad was a landscape architect for the university and always doing things involving nature. And uh, we, we grew up uh, uh, doing triathlons, swim, bike, and run. And so every weekend we'd go somewhere in the state or in the region. And in those days, triathlons were $30 a weekend and a T-shirt. And if you had a bike, you just went in bike and swimsuit you just went in and did it now it's a real elite racing sport and all expensive but we had so much fun and traveled so much and um when i was real little i thought the whole point was to get away from a town like auburn or, or a state like alabama but i i ended up going to school in tuscaloosa and furthering my um uh, which which really pushed an interest more in in alabama i learned more about it and I learned the good the bad and the ugly and after I went to graduate school, I said, I can keep going. And I left state to go to graduate school. And I said, I can go further away mm-hmm. or I can come back and actually be part of something. I can go away and say, yeah, there's these problems or this or that. And walk away from it. Or walk away from it and say, oh, I know because I'm from Alabama and, yeah. and, and I've been there. Or I can go back and, and um, you know, I don't know if I'm in the front line, but, you know, go back and. And start dealing with things and doing what I can. And that's what I kind of hope to be doing now. You know, in a way, uh, I think that you are. Is uh, You know, when I brought Jamie down here to meet all of y'all, it's like, uh, and we'll get to this, is uh, I think this is a front line. Uh, is building a culture. And uh, and we're going to tell this story, not to get too far ahead, but is finding a small town that's kind of sleepy, kind of forgotten. Um, property's cheap here. Uh Guys, we can build our own culture, and we can build a life here, and we yeah. can we can do life together here. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like we can acquire and do cool things and support and build a culture. Right. Uh, 
and that's that's hard to beat to me. Oh, it, it is. There, there's there's um, um, there's price tags on a lot of things, but not quality of life. And there's a quality of life here that I I, I couldn't give up. I I I yeah. Um, I couldn't give up. I couldn't trade trade it for anything. And if I ever did leave, I guess we'd have to take the whole community I love here with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, with, with your, what's your father done? Did that have any kind of influence on you? As- well, I um uh, I, yes, in the sense of there was there was um a lot of talk about uh, natural uh, uh, native plants, nature, things engaging uh, with each other. Um, he's a man of strict order. Uh, which you don't find in nature, uh, or nature has its own order. But he'd say, "Oh my gosh, look at that! That's so ridiculous! That you, you can't grow that here." And he'd just be, we'd just be driving, and he'd point out that you know some neighbor had planted something, and um, I kind of thought that everybody knew these things because he knew yeah. them. And you never think your dad or your parent—they can't be that important. They don't know anything. That you know, they're just your parents. And so I thought, well, these must be things that everybody knows. And then I realized, like, oh no, he really does know plants. <laughs> this is his, his world. Oh, yeah. um, and uh and it's been fascinating um and as i became when, when i owned property and became a, a homeowner to be able to discuss things and, and see the value in plants and and go go beyond just um oh well this is um southern home and gardens plant of the month well <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you're not in the zone that, <laughs> that, right. that grows that yeah um but but uh he really liked um i would i would call them english gardens uh, not an overgrown look, but but much more natural um, winding paths and things like that. And I was really drawn towards uh, French gardens, order, symmetry, balance, clipped hedges, and all of that. And I laugh that what I've ended up with here is a little bit of both. Yeah, there is a overgrown grandeur of an old southern property with camellias and azaleas and these magnolia trees and the live oaks. Um, and then in spaces where I've been able to make my mark, I'm trying to hearken off the symmetry of the house with boxwood and, um, brick pathways and things like that and statuary and urns. And they harmonize well with each other. A camellia would not do well in France. It'd be this big, powerful thing saying, screw you, Versailles. I do what I want. (laughs) And, uh, but they, 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 they work so well here. They're just having a wonderful time and they can be right next to, they can form their own space and then be right next to a rigid geometric garden. And, and they both work in harmony in a space like this. Yeah, man. Hats off to Jack for the work. Oh yeah. Jack has been a, 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 a godsend. Um, and, uh, I, I keep laughing when, when he's like, Hey, is it okay if I do this? And it's like, Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. the, the thing that I laugh so much about, and, and he thinks that I'm um, either making fun of him or something, and I'm not. We were walking through the garden one day, and he said, is there a reason this looks like this? And he was pointing to sort of an overgrown patch. And I was thinking, does he mean why the statue's on that pedestal? Does he mean why this is planted? Because I was seeing beyond the wreckage. And he meant, is there a reason why the ivy's overgrowing? <laughs> why yeah. the grass hasn't been cut? Yeah. Um, and finally, like, oh, is there a reason it looks like shit? I haven't gotten to this part yet. That's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is a reason why this was laid out this way, and I can give you the historical background. Yeah. But you mean today, right now? No. <laughs> yeah. I just haven't gotten to this area. <laughs> right. And I always laugh about that because from that point on, we were able to say like, oh, okay, well, let's get to it, you know. And um, there are days where he'll work on something. And I'll work on something separately or I'll see him doing something. And I suddenly have this energy to tackle 
this privet, this kudzu, this this hedge line, whatever it is, and we just get to we just get to working. It's been great having him come here. Well, I'm telling you, dude, it was uh, years ago on our property around the pond that we have. We had a kudzu bout that lasted for four or five years <laughs> before we finally got rid of it, and then the birds brought duckweed. Oh yeah, yeah. And if they, it's not one thing, it's going to be something else. Right. <laughs> yeah, just pick your poison with that. But um, man, just from uh, being in high school and. Uh, I was looking outside of Alabama, wanting to get away from Auburn, possibly the whole state. Of what was you wanting to do, and like where was you thinking you would go? When when I was in high school, I looked at um, the great and the good, the powerful and the world news, and all of this, and I thought, well, to make a difference, you have to be really important and wealthy. And um, mm-hmm. there was a time, and my family, we still laugh about this. There was a time I had my whole future mapped out. I was going to go into um, international business and diplomacy and banking and all that kind of stuff. And, um, part of it was because that's what for a while, um, you know, mid two thousands that, that meant success. And you just went and you did those things. And, um, uh, diplomacy was certainly important because that was in the first couple years of the war on terrorism. And um, I think that there was still this belief that we we're going to have a couple meetings with a few key people and it was going to be like the, um, Treaty of Versailles in, in, in 1918 and things were going to stop. Yeah. And and as we have learned, that is not the case. Um, so there was this idea of diplomacy. There was this idea of, of, of um, that to make an impact, there had to be a lot of money. To have a lot of money, you got to be a banker or a big businessman. And, and I wanted to get away because every time I turned on the news, everything I heard was something bad about Alabama. And so I thought, well, then we're bad. And... Um, and and I want to be good, so for me to be good, I need to leave. Yeah. That was the mindset. So where did you find that was good? Um, so my, my older sister went to Ole Miss, and we'd go and visit her. And um, as you can imagine, with a dad with where my parents with multiple kids, when it was time for my other sister and I to start looking at schools, he said, you know, I think it's important you expand your horizons and go somewhere. But uh, let's stay in state this time. <laughs> and um, yeah. um, uh, we went up to Tuscaloosa for my sister to tour the University of Alabama. She's older than me. And um, I thought it was a pretty cool place. Um, certainly different than Auburn at that time. And uh, so when I was looking at schools, I applied to uh, the University of Alabama. And um, I'd had a little bit of a come around. I thought that I wanted to um, go into either set design. I really liked art and architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked history. And I said, well, I'm going to do like set design for historic documentaries and movies. You know, you're 17. You think this is a thing. And that is a thing. And people do that. But, um, uh, and I kind of went around the circle a couple times and ended with interior design. I was going to do interior design at the university of Alabama, focusing on historic interiors. And, um, within my first semester, um, I met uh, Dr. Shirley Foster, and she is now the head of the, the program, and, and now I work there. She is my boss. Um, and, and I met her, and she seemed to be absolutely incredible, this uh, eminent figure in the field, and, and yet she was approachable. And she taught about these beautiful historical things and, and design and the des- impact of design on people's lives. And I thought, well, well, she must be from some fabulous place far away. She must be... Um, uh, you know, an old money family um, from from Virginia, or you know, you know, yeah. so, because people like that. And um, no, she said, "Like I, I live here. I'm, you know, ha- 
born and raised. But, so. You know, I'm I, I, I'm I'm here. I've got family in Florida, family in this, and you know, move around and that. Yeah. Um, and I thought, but you're so amazing, and 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 you know, she sort of laughs about that now. But it, I says, no, it's this is, and 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 I thought, if she can have this impact on me, then then I don't have to leave to do this. I can I can be doing things here. And what I was learning about was design of this region and and our spaces. And finally, I came to what I truly believe and what I try to teach now of the impact of design in people's lives and people's surroundings and how that affects them. And uh, so I, I, I teach. I have my, my uh, decorative arts warriors that I'm trying to train to make the world a better place yeah. <laughs> uh, through design. And, and I, I, I started to confront my ideas on Alabama and Alabama history and confronting it led to reconciling with it reconciling it with it led to well what do you do now Get okay so we 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 uh um this is unexcusable this is this is not okay but at least we tried this and so forth and um i think i've gone through times where i was an apologist for aspects of history to times of saying you know i thought i understood this and i don't and um now i i've, I've entered this idea said well it's really we've got to listen we've got to get more sides of the story and history, our understanding of it continues to evolve. And what a fascinating time it is to be able to re-examine so many different characters, places, things, ideas. And to realize that Alabama is the nexus point, the center of so much history. And we are still drivers of national history. And mm -hmm. it is right here that major things will happen. It's right here the major court cases are decided. It's right here that good and bad is set for us to deal with. Um, and I said, well, then, then I can, I can be a part of this and um, to be a part of it. Like I said earlier, I, I thought to be a part of it meant you had to have a lot of money and you would go build a school for somebody. That's great. And if I could, I would, but that's not really what solves the problem. It's being a community member. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when, when people go fund, institutions and scholarships and libraries and things that that's great and good but but their actual impact is more how they treated their neighbors and their their actual environment that's and all you're going to be remembered for exactly and and so that's why i said i want to be uh, uh a, a part of something and here i am you know the, the one thing that i've really been encouraging people to do especially within my circle is uh and one thing i've been i've been trying to be a better listener because um you get to talking with someone, uh, usually if it's a good conversation, they'll allude to a problem that they've discovered. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step. It was like, okay, you don't like that. What are you going to do? Right. Are you just going to keep letting it fester? Right. Or are you going to do something about it? And, and you meet people who identify a problem and they say, this is the problem I'm going to complain about, but not do anything about it. That's right. And you meet those people and you, you quickly figure them out and say, oh, this is, they don't want this fixed. And you see it at all levels. You see it in local politics. You see it in national politics. And you see it with uncle so-and-so. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, just that this is, this is, and they love having this problem. They don't want it solved. Yeah. And then you see the people say, this has been bothering me. I'm going to figure out what needs to do to make it change. Mm -hmm. And, um, and. And again, it goes on all levels. It's a microcosm for everything. It's just incredible. There is, and like the encouragement I've found, if it's in the community that they live in, is like, if your town has a town hall meeting, why don't you go? Yeah. Because it's a lot harder for the mayor or the alderman of that town to say something bad to the town's members 
if they got to look them right in the eye. Oh yeah, yeah. To 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 be there in the room. Um, um, on on their side, there's the thing of you complaining in your living room. Often they actually don't know that um, issue X, Y, and Z has been going on. You know, yeah. So, so big town, small town. Sometimes they just don't know. Sometimes they do know, but no one's been saying anything about it, so it can't really be bothering you. And yeah, you got to go and 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 say this and take part in things. And I think it does. It 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 brings the humanity back to people when they have to look in constituent and say. We know that this has been a problem. We're not going to deal with it. Or in front of you, we're going to put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Or what was going to be put on the back burner, they look at you and say, you know what? This was going to be on the back burner. We're bringing it forward. We're going to try to, we're yeah. going to, try to deal with this. Yeah, and then another thing, and it's, it's, it's not an easy fix, and you may not be able to get on the board that you want to get on to start being a part of a solution. But you can become friends with people on that board until oh, yeah. you can, and you can get a little influence. Right, right. Uh, man, that's one thing I focus heavy on is like I like being a, a part of the art scene in the towns that I'm, a, you know, that I hang out with and yeah, play in. Yeah. And if we can get a jam up musician from down the road to come play, well, I think we should celebrate this. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's like, well, I want to build a culture of people who care about that. And, and and I've been doing it for three years, and it's like it's not a fast moving thing. What, but but it shows. I remember just the other day you posted a map of Porch Talk listeners, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if you'd said that you'd looked at the map earlier. For, it was maybe you had two maps or something. It was like mm-hmm. look, look at how many people are doing this now from when we started, or you yeah, know, what have you. And I think moments like that, moments like when you're going through your phone and your phone pops up or or social media pops up and says this is what you're doing two years ago. All those moments are always powerful. You say, wow, that was just when this started. Or that's when I was trying to get this done. And now, even if I'm still frustrated, even if there's still ways to go, this is what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love finding an old to-do list. You'll be cleaning out your car, and here's one that slipped under, whatever. And you think, on you know, April 6th of 2017, this is what was a crisis in my life. Oh, yeah. And either none of it matters, <laughs> or one or two of them did, and you solved it, or here's how you solved it, or you thought yeah. it was a crisis. I love doing things like that, but but being a part of something, moving the ball around in in the community, yeah, you 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 either show up. Uh, well, life happens for the people who show up, and that's I tell people that all the time. Oh, that's the number one thing you have to do. And you got to be there. You you you, you you've got to be there. And there are there, so much of life cannot be replicated, and. Um, when, you know, I, I teach. I teach at the university, and I have students who, if they they don't show up for something, whether it's excused or unexcused, if we had a really good conversation in class one day, I don't care if it's recorded or not. If you weren't there, part of that conversation, there's no way to make that up. I know you can watch it or listen to it, whatever. But it's not so much of life is being there to take part in this, and um and to show up and to show up means that you show up ready to 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 listen and to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found that when I was working on my master's and I didn't finish it, and this was probably why I was it was like most of it was online. I think I would go to New Orleans, uh, I think twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was man, I would love to be in this classroom because there are so many things that I want to I want I want to raise my hand. I got a question. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can type it. Yeah, that's not the same. Oh, it's, it's, and by the time you finish, sometimes to type out something, by the time you've typed it, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to actually ask that. And you remove it. But there is a fearlessness of being in a space and saying, I disagree. I wonder, if, or why do they call it that? Mm-hmm. And um, 
and you know there's the old adage there are no stupid questions um and a lot of people have jokes and things about that but i've always liked that there are no stupid questions because even if it is a quote unquote stupid question if somebody was asking that then there's a disconnect somewhere so the question may be stupid but the situation of what's going on is Mm -hmm. fascinating why did you ask that what was the disconnect why oh I have not been clear or this happened, which made you think that this was going on. And, and just seeing that with people is, um, uh, is something that happens in person. And I think it would be pretty difficult in an online environment. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it wasn't clicking for me. <laughs> Eventually just completely lost interest and like just burn out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and so man, just from time spent in Tuscaloosa, uh, I mean, I know you were part of some of the uh, city council boards there with, yeah, Some of the historical. I um um so I so I I graduated um, University of Alabama right in the middle of the housing crisis, two thousand eight collapse. I learned a little bit about that from Tim. I want to say. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because he, yeah he was he, that, that's what right when I was meeting him, and um at the beginning of that everybody said, the next thing you do if you don't immediately get your six figure job walking out of after graduation is you go to graduate school. And um, so I, I, I um, went to uh, Tulane University and uh, uh, School of Architecture and loved my time. I had a just incredible time uh, getting my master's of preservation studies in the School of Architecture. And it was the whole city is a playground of architectural fancy and wonderment oh, and yeah. the culture and the ideas and the synthesis of so many different people coming together. Um, and but I knew that I was I. I like I said earlier, I knew I was going to be coming back here. I uh, came back to Tuscaloosa and uh, very quickly got into this little world of uh, preservation and preservation education. Um, I uh, uh, became the director of the Jemison Vandergraaff Mansion Foundation, um, teaching and, and, and showing the life and times of Senator Robert Jemison Jr. of Alabama who built a fabulous Italianate mansion. Uh, it's still restored. I mean, it's, it's restored and it's in the middle of downtown and um, trying to take it from kind of a, a wedding venue second thought, which is what it had been degraded to and try to make it the, the amazing museum that it could be. Right. Um, trying to take that on the path. And I, I ran into the, um, the, what I, what I might call the Tuscaloosa mindset of, Oh, we're not good enough to have something that nice. And I said, but the proof is right here. You do have something this mm-hmm. nice. So it is. It's it's already here. Um, and just getting people to say, yeah, this this is something this special. And and I was really taken with um, the words of Robert Jemison of, of he wanted to build a house that would inspire the community and that would last longer than he did. And and it did. It it, it really did. Um, and um, he is a fascinating person to to study. He is not a role model. Um, he has a lot of problems in his life, but he's still a fascinating person to study. Is that the cat where uh, you had some people, you were uh, given a tour and some cats came down and they just wanted to tear them apart? Um, it, it, it was there at the Jemison Mansion. I had some people. We were closing for the day. Yeah, this is, this is a good one. Um, we were closing for the day. Um, if we closed at 5, it was 4.50. Mm-hmm. And a family arrived. Um, and uh, we were getting set up for our Fourth of July festivities, um, and um, there were there was red, white, and blue bunting on the house, and American flags um, hung everywhere that 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 you could hang them. And uh, this family arrives and they said we were running late. We really wanted to see this house. We really wanted to be here. And I thought, 
uh, well, we're, we're closing. And I, all my staff had already left for the day. And um, they say, oh, could we just take a peek in the house? And normally I don't like that because if you just get a peek, you don't, you're not really hearing the whole story. And yeah. then later you could say, well, we didn't get to see the whole house. And then it sounds bad. So I like you to have the full experience or, or, or not. And they said, well, we're, but we're leaving. We won't be able to. And I said, okay, come on in. So mm-hmm. I tried to give the abbreviated tour, but they weren't having it. They were there from Maryland and they were on this big Southern trip and they were, um, and they already had the South painted. In the oh, room. they, they had the whole, they, they were there to fill in their tic-tac-toe board of horrific places in the South. And they wanted to come in and tell me how horrible the house was, the person who built it and all aspects of that. And I said, I would be willing to have a conversation about the morals and aspects of the time um, but you don't want to learn anything about this. You've already got this, you know, set up and, um, this is unprofessional, but I, I do laugh about it now. So they're getting riled up and telling me all these things. Um, and the dad says, oh, we're surrounded by American flags. There's not a Confederate flag in sight. We're surrounded mm-hmm. by American flags. We're about to have the 4th of July. Um, and he says, huh, I didn't expect to see the American flag here. I figured you guys would just have a bunch of Confederate flags. And that was... That, that, that would have set me off. That, that, tipped me, that tipped me off. And they'd already introduced the fact that they're from Maryland. And uh, so I turned, and he's got middle school-age kids or elementary school kids. And I said, I said, so y'all are from Maryland? And um, the little boy says, uh-huh. And I said, well, tell me a fun fact about Maryland. And um, he says, well, it's a state where Francis Scott Key is from. You know, whatever he'd learned from his quarter or something. And I said, yes, yes, you know, and it's the very last state to own slaves. Um, and they were, well, 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 yeah. And I, I said, I said, we can do this. We can do a, uh, uh, a, a Wikipedia fact check or something, or you can come and learn about this. I'm mm. not here to defend slavery. I never would do that, but don't come here to attack me and this house when we're actually trying to be a part of that reconciliation, to be a part of a path forward. And, uh, but it was just fascinating that, that, that has stood out to me as a, a really interesting event of what people want. Yeah. I mean, even having this show and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a guy from Alabama and a lot of his guests are from Alabama and Mississippi. And like, sometimes we'll get somebody from up North or out West to write. And, uh, it's like, you kind of changed my mind on the way I viewed the South a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just come down here. I think about breathe it in. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not what you think. We I, do wear shoes. Oh, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we've got shoes. We have um, um, uh, internet and things. We're the inventor of a lot of things that people don't realize. Yeah. The space program is here. We've got a laundry list of the, the feats that we have done. We're also the epicenter of national crisis, but we're also the people who dealt with the national crisis, mm-hmm. and, and we are still dealing with it. <coughs> um, and... Um, uh, I've I've had people tell me, I can't believe that you moved to the Black Belt of Alabama. Um, they're so racist. I've I've had people tell me that, and I'd say, what um. What was your experience here, that, that that happened? And says, oh well, they just are. They just are, and um, often you know, depending on how well I know these people, they're they're people who live in gated white communities who go to a white publics and everything. Mm. I said, do you know any, any, do you have diversity in your life? And I say, well, you know, here in Greensboro, we're shopping together. We're working together. That's right. This is one community. And, um, um, 
there, there's so much more work to be done, but we're doing it. I think a lot of places when they don't see, when, when they're in an all-white environment, they don't see racism. Well, because there's no racism to be had in that, that's right. in that space. So they say, oh, well, think about those other places. And I think, well, that's funny that you'd say that because this is a, a, a community with black and white living side by side. Um, and um, I've also had people who came and said, oh, well, aren't you worried about this or that and the other? And it takes me a moment before I realize they're talking that I have talking about that I have black neighbors. That's what I'm supposed to be worried about. Uh-huh. And I'd say, actually, I'm worried about you. I want you to get out of here. <laughs> um, that's, you know, it's, 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 um, but it's, it's, it's an unfortunate reality, but I, then it, it, it does make you say, well, there's so much more work to be done. So let's do it. Let's yeah, get to it. I think, uh, and it's been said here, uh, before is, uh, you know, with the South and what people think of it, especially Alabama, Mississippi, is anytime anything progressive happens, it's kind of a mind blower. But in reality, if you live here, like I see a lot of progressive things happening in, you know, just towns that the interstate almost shut down, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a black and white community, but their culture is better than it's ever been. And and, and you, you, have, you have spaces... Um, that they don't get attention. They're just living their lives, trying to make the yeah the the the, the best environment that they can. And I'm, I'm told like this is the epicenter of racism. But like I go anywhere outside the South, and I'll hear like slurs worse than anything I've ever heard. Right, right. You anywhere know, and, else. And you 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 can you can I I constantly find that 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 this region is branded as being so terrible. And I think that this past summer, we saw America without their makeup on. Yeah. And, um, and we said, oh, um, it's not one area is bad and one area is good. Looks like a lot of areas are, are, are bad about racism. And um, the areas that have been labeled bad are the ones that are attempting to deal with it. Right, um, correctly. And, and, and the ones that have been labeled, oh, they don't have a race problem because they have not dealt with it. And now it's 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 it, it's time to. Everybody has so much further to go, and I think the the next step for everybody is is, is what you just said. Listen, yeah. we've got to listen. I, I I um thinking back to to boards and commissions and different things. We've got to listen to community members and um and and, and hear someone say whether it's your neighbor, whether it's next state over wherever it is. This is the problem in my life. And then figure out, not laugh at it, not, you know, make judgment. Say, yeah, if these are your conditions, then that would be the number one problem in your life. And, um, you know, sometimes you'll see a national debate on some some issue. And I think um, next county over, um, they had a cholera epidemic. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got some 19th century houses here. But why do we have 19th century diseases still? <laughs> said, because some of the conditions are right there. And so I'll, I, and I'll, I'll be at some fundraiser or something and, and you'll hear about how incredible and wealthy the country is. And I'll say, not for everybody. So, so let's, let's look around a little bit and, mm-hmm. and be aware of that. And let's have, um, let, let's, let's have equity and equality for a lot more. So, so it can get there. And that's what I, and I think what we keep circling back to in a small town, you're a witness to it. Yeah. You see what's going on. So you actually take part. It's a little bit about, uh, it's what we said off the mic, but I think this is perfect, is um, in a small town, it's 
I'll see you sometime today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rather than, uh, like, if it's in a town or in a bigger city, it's scheduled. Uh, there, It's a lot of loose. It's yeah. like, I might go down to Dollar General and, you know, Tim might be down there. Right, Whatever right, the case, right. you know. Run into somebody and, and um, uh, you know, it, it, and it, you might start a new plan from there. Exactly. Um, um, and today, the today's crisis was I was going to go buy X, Y, and Z for my garden. But you get to the store and you see that this is going on, and you decide, well, instead, Jack and I are going to go do this, and then Tim needed that. Well, now the sun's set, and Sarah's having a bonfire. So you just sort of move from, from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, they call it the shower principle where you're you're doing something else. You come to the solution of, what you're originally thinking about. And I think that that happens a lot more here in a um, not static way of life, but um, everything's diverting. You don't know what's going to happen next. And um, uh, one of the key things that you hear people say in small towns, you certainly hear people say it here. um, Well, I'm moving to Greensboro. Well, what will you do down there? Yeah. Well, if there's another thing to do, I won't have time to do it. There's (laughs) there's always something going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it. And like, Let's go there, man. So, uh, what led you down here to Greensboro? I had, I had, so I'd, I'd come back to Tuscaloosa from graduate school. I worked for the Jemison Vandergraaff Mansion. I worked for the Preservation Society. I sat on commissions and things, and I was working, 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 and not really seeing the dial move in preservation. With, with that, with that work, and then we'll get to here. I wanted to ask you: Is uh, did you find your time spent on those committees and boards? Was it worth it, or was it just like spinning your wheels? In in sometimes I, I I think I look back on all of it, and I am able to say some good was done. Some of it I look and I say, "Gosh, we worked so hard," and and it didn't matter anyway. But 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 maybe you had to work that hard at that moment to get the energy to do the next thing, mm-hmm. or 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 I'm I'm not sure. I, I I will constantly look back on the time that I was working that hard, Tim and I trying to gather community awareness, which we did to, to save the 2600 block in Tuscaloosa and, um, and against everybody else who was so fervent that, that to save those old houses would destroy Tuscaloosa. The only thing that could save Tuscaloosa was an extended stay motel. Well, they've got it. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. Um, they've, they've, right, right. They, you know, that lot, we used to park our, our RVs there for game day. Yeah. And I miss that. <laughs> like, I could tell you like, there was 40, 50 RVs parked there. We'd done it, you know, for several football seasons in a row, and I could tell you everybody there. Yeah. It was a community. Yeah. And uh, right when they started developing that area, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and and I think about bet- between, between in Tuscaloosa as a case study, between the um, embassy suites, the home two suites, extended stay, and 2700 Capitol Park, there they are in a row. But the the thing is, with all the incentives and the stuff given to them to be able to build them, it wasn't actually a good economic decision. If the investor, the out-of-state developer, needed a tax break for this long, needed to be given the land, needed to be this to make oh, it, then it didn't work. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't actually. And sure enough, we're now finding that they're all applying for bailouts and this and that because... Um, you know, not just because of COVID, but just, you know, all, all sorts of reasons and said, well, great. Well, you had a thriving community that was buying groceries every, every week that was doing this, doing that. And now you have more it's, hotels. It's like that example you gave me with a building that should have been a mellow mushroom. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the desperate desire to have more. Uh, we, well, we we have a mellow mushroom, but we could have multiple bars in this row. So we'll we'll kick out mellow mushroom to get the bars, and only now, three years later, four years later, is it actually <laughs> yeah anything happening with it? Um, but you know, so so you you sit on these boards, you work hard, and maybe it's part of your dues. You got to pay these to 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 make something happen. Um, um, and, and I think, I think to, to sum up preservation, it is this horrible double-edged sword. When you lose a building, you fight, you raise money, you do these things, you, you give up your time, all this stuff. You try to save a building like the Cersei house, which we fought and worked so hard to try to save. And we lost it. And people said, you guys aren't good at your job. You didn't save that building. And it was, I mean, it would have been moving heaven and hell, which we tried to do to save that building, but they were determined it was going to be a parking lot. And it is. You didn't save that building, so you guys are losers. All right? Then you win a preservation fight. You say, we're going to save the Jemison Mansion. We're going to this, we're going to that, we're going to this. You, you co- overcome tremendous hurdles to save it. You tell people you saved it. They said, it, nothing was ever going to happen to that. Oh, yes, it was. They, they, they weren't really going to do that. No one believe so you don't get to say you don't and you don't get to rest. You're still fighting. It it isn't oh this job is done. It's now okay. So so preservation was really interesting and and the people that were got into it. A lot of really dedicated people. A lot of people with a lot of energy and it wasn't always expended the correct way. Um, but but I was I was in that world and there was an estate sale in Greensboro. And I said, well, I'll take a lovely weekend from Tuscaloosa. I'll go down to this estate sale in Greensboro. And it was at this house. This was May of 2011. And um, so 10 years ago, good God, uh, 10 years ago. So I come down and I pull up and this house just looks incredible. And there's a bunch of cars everywhere because it's an estate sale. But I'm like, this is, this is really something. And I come inside and I have memories of, of the cross hall. Now there was, there was furniture and it was arranged for an estate sale. I remember the parlor being much smaller than it actually is. I think there's just stuff in there. Yeah. I remember the, 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 the sunroom um, being kind of odd. I remember going through and, and looking at some things. So, several rooms I have no memory of. I know I walked through them, but I was just entranced by the house overall. And I thought, this is my dream house. But one, I'll never have anything like this. Mm-hmm. And two, I live in Tuscaloosa. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I, I work in Tuscaloosa and that's my job. I could never be in a place like this. And um, anyway, several years later, I am um, uh, in in a uh, in in a sort of rambling mood, and I'm looking online, and there are um, some houses for sale in Greensboro, including this one. And I said, "Huh, that house is for sale again after that estate sale. I think I'm going to um, uh, see, see, see what's going on there." And I called the realtor. And I said, I don't want to waste your time but because I'm not seriously looking, but I kind of would like to see a couple of these houses. And he said, it's no waste of my time. I enjoy showing these houses. Come on down. So I, I came down and looked at this house, and it was, a, it was a December day. It was November, December, and it was cold, and it was raining. And um, this house, the other house I went to go see, were, were, were so bleak, and yet I was so drawn to it. And um, I knew a couple of people in, in, in Greensboro. Um, I was great friends with Ashley Dumas and um, Stephen Meredith and um, our, my, my friends, the Merrills. So I'd come down a couple of times, but I always thought that this was just a, a blop on the map, you know, just, just a, 
a little pause and go town. Yeah, that's and, all it ever was. I used to would come through here just to take a different route to yeah, get you to just, the beach. Yeah, and you just just saw that there was a sign that said you're in Greensboro now. Yeah, and um, but I I I was so entranced by the house, and I thought, well, I know I'm not going to buy the house, but. I do, I think, because of my architectural interest and my design interest, I would like to go measure the house and take some really good pictures of it because it's so fascinating. And so I asked the realtor if I could come down and see it again. He said, I'm busy that day, but let me just give you the key. So he gives me the key, and I, I tell oh, people... you just get to have a field day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I had the key in my hand, it was almost as if I bought the house then. <laughs> there was no way you were going to get me to give that key back up. He, um, he, he said, oh, just keep it. Just, just keep it for now. And um, I started coming down. I came down after work some days. I would just come down to be in this house and explore. And I started to say, well, what are you doing? You know you're not going to buy this house. But but I could not get out of, out of my head. Well, every time I drove down to visit, if I, just miss, if I just scheduled a realtor appointment to come down here, I would have thought the drive was too far or whatnot. Um, but because I was actually spending time here and then going to the grocery store here and then doing things here. Oh, yeah. And um, because I was here and had interest, well, people came over and said, well, well, what are you doing over here? And I said, well, I'm looking at this house. Oh, it's a great house. You know, so-and-so's had this, this and that. That We used to come to parties here when um, these people lived there. And and, and then I was like, yeah, well, I, well, if I had a party, I'd use this room for this. And and it just started coming alive. And I could not get out of, out of my head. And, um, and, you know, long story short, I, you know, do end up, and, end up buying the house. Um, I sell my house in Tuscaloosa. And I have just... Loved it. And to compare what it's like to be working on this house and doing things with, because it's my preservation project in, in Tuscaloosa, we decide uh, some building needed some maintenance, a building the preservation society owned. And we'd say, okay, the old tavern needs its porch painted. And I'd say, well, I've got these three quotes from people who've done work with us, and this is the best quote. And someone would say, well, you can't get the quotes. The old tavern committee needs to get the quotes. That's their job. And I'd say, well, they haven't met yet. Well, why haven't they met? Well, so-and-so's out of town. So a decision would be turned into this bureaucratic oh, yeah. nightmare. Now, there's there's good reasons for so much of that. Not one person should be in total control. But sometimes you need to pull the trigger on something. And we just never seem to be able to do that. And um, so I would kind of laugh because I would, I would be stuck in that cycle and, you know, six months later after a meeting like that, nothing has happened. Oh, yeah. Um, still needs painting. Uh, right, right. I'd come down here and I'd say, I nominate myself to be the structure committee. This structure needs some paint. <laughs> I nominate myself to paint it. I accept the bid. I accept the quote. Okay, I'm going to paint this. Yeah. And you just you just get to it. And um, uh, so that's, that's it's been really rewarding. And I have learned so much. I mean, I, I would write papers on Greek Revival architecture in graduate school. And then I was now you're living, living in a Greek Revival <laughs> house and actually learning these things. And um, everything that I can do myself, I attempt to do myself. Um, and one of the things I can do myself is get overwhelmed and have to take a step back. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you go through these cycles and waves. Um, Tim came over the other day and we were talking about things. And um, we looked up at the um, – uh, there's, there's a flashing around a chimney that has just been – it leaks, then it doesn't leak. Then you get up there and you put tar and then you look at this and – a lot of people say, well, you need a new roof. Okay, probably. But right now, this has to be dealt with. I yes. can't get the whole new roof. And um, But we live in such a world where it says, well, when there's one problem, you just do the whole thing. And sometimes that means, well, there's a problem with my car, I'll get a new one. There's a problem with this. There's a problem with my relationship, I'll get a new one. If there's a problem with my toaster, I'll get a new one. All these things. 
not not with a house so much. And I'd say, no, this is this is this is like a living organism. I've got to figure out mm-hmm. what is going on with this flashing and deal with it. And um, so I got overwhelmed. And but just talking with him is like, yeah, I I need to get back up there. I need to work with these people. Um, talk to this group. See what's going on. And and you just think through problems differently when you're working on something like this. And when people say, oh, I'd love a fixer upper, if they're not a patient person, I say, you would like a fixed up. You want the grandeur of all this, but you don't actually want to go through it. But even for the stress and the pain and suffering that this sometimes is, I love being a part of it. It, it's like be, it really is like being in a relationship with somebody because there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, but it is so rewarding to be here well, yeah, and see I mean, this going on. Every little thing that you do that is an improvement to this property or this home is an improvement to your life. It is. It is. And it also increases the value of the property. It, 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 you, if you own a house, um, uh, if, if you own a, a, a vinyl house on a slab in a good school district, Everything's laid out for you. And yes, officially on paper, everything's great. And your insurance is easy and your mortgage is easy and so forth. But there's something artificial about that because you're not really in a real space. You can't grow anything there. You can't do anything there. That's right. And if your school board commissioner commits tax fraud and the district changes and something else like that, well, your house is worthless. Yeah. Because something you were paying for a district. Because something has happened. And all of that is so bizarre to me. And I used to be stuck in that cycle. But you come down here, and now this is this is a you know a bad thing. We don't have great schools here, and 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 we need to work on that, and we are. But because we don't have great schools here, there's no school district to worry about. You buy the house that you like, and then you make everything better there. You, you mm-hmm. say, all right, I want to live in this place. Um, I'm not going to worry about school district because um, in my selection of the house because it's all just the same one. And now once I'm there, I'm going to see what is the actual boots on the ground thing that could make these schools better. Is it is it getting on the library board to help them do this? Okay, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Is it is it to um, you know go to city council and speak out in favor of this? Um, is it to write my congressperson and ask for that? Is it to help write a grant? What is it that I can actually do? Because when you're a number in a system, it doesn't. That's right. You're a statistic, and yeah, and that that that's about it. But right here. Um, you can do something and make make a difference. We um, we have a really active garden club in Greensboro, and I know a big city can't do this, but but in a, a garden club, every two people of garden club have a different block of the city that is theirs to help maintain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city crew comes and they mow and blow and, and so forth, uh, and we could just pave everything and not have any rose bushes and arbors and things. But you know, we we like we we like plants and flowers. It's a beautiful space. So, but to do that, it means that we have to go and cut back the rose bushes. And um, so I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, oh, sorry, I just got back with you. It was Buzzy and I's turn to go tr- cut the rose bushes. Um, and um, there's a, what, your turn. And I said, oh yeah, well, everybody takes a turn on a block mm-hmm. in Garden Club. And I said, oh, well, well, isn't someone else supposed to do that? Isn't this person supposed to do that? Isn't there a crew that does that? So, well, not here, so we do it. And I think that's fascinating of in other places, you just depend on the others to be doing things. And you don't think about, you just get upset when your trash is not picked up. You get annoyed when a tree branch is in the road. You don't think about, well, that's someone's life and that's their, you know, they are people who are out there doing these things. And um, uh, a mirror broke the other day and Jack can tell you, I was so anxious. I said, what do I do to throw this away? 
to make sure that the people who handle this don't get hurt. Don't have a mess. Because I see them. I know who they are. I, you know, and I hated the idea of somebody cutting themselves on the versus. I don't think I ever knew anybody who dealt with anything like that in the city. You just, it just leaves your property right. here. I say, well, might not even put it in a bag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said, so, so do I, I, um, and, and, and so we kind of ended up, you know, sort of like taping it shut and, you know, putting in things so that it couldn't alter or break or hurt anybody. And I think that just something as silly as that is the idea of, yeah, there are other people here. You're connected to, to something going on. Um, and, and I think it's really rewarding to drive through downtown and feel ownership in it. You know, just about the school system is uh, South Lamar or even Lamar County as a whole where I'm from and where I live is Vernon's county seat, uh, Seligent's probably the biggest town. Vernon, well, Vernon probably is the biggest, but there's Millport, Kennedy, Vernon, Seligent, and there's Hitogi and other small communities, but those are the main four. And I remember we graduated high school, and most of us would either go to Bevel State and FET or we would go to Shelton State in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And I went to Shelton. But the comments were the same from either school. Is It was easy to pick out someone who came from South Lamar. They couldn't, they couldn't write, and they couldn't do math. Mm-hmm. And your English teachers and your math teachers at these community colleges was like, South Lamar. Yep. We're able to recognize that. And, and so like a lot of girls that I graduated with, maybe a couple years above me, maybe a couple below, I don't know if. They heard that, and it's like, no, not anymore. But a lot of the girls that I graduated with, they are now teachers at South Lamar. And I would say that my nephew goes there, and uh, I keep up with him. And uh, I would say that the school is a lot better place now yeah. as far as teachers and experience. And I was like, that's how you fix a problem. Yeah, you, you, you say, rather than um, this place is falling apart, somebody somebody needs to do something. You probably are that I will. somebody. Yeah, yeah. If if you can recognize that somebody needs to do something, then then you're the somebody. And um, I, I think about communities where you drive through a town, and um, there there are street well, in in probably everywhere in America, but in in this region, you'll drive through a place, and you could think of something negative to say about a certain house. Look at that house. Look how they're not taking care of it. Look at this or that, and then sort of let your eyes adjust. It's not cars on blocks. The lawn is mowed. Paint's peeling whatever's going on these people are doing the best that they can and what were the resources what is what is going on here and i think about the exterior judgments that happen um william christenberry was a famous artist uh, a photographer and artist who would would come through hale county and he would take pictures of buildings and sometimes people would say oh my gosh look at that look at those people living in that shack and that's so sad and he'd say they built this this is it's this theirs. is their home and um, there's one, and I'm going to get my story wrong for, for any of your listeners who know Kristen very well, where he went and they saw that he was taking pictures and they said, oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they went inside and they turned on their Christmas lights. And it was just one strand of multicolored Christmas. Uh-huh. They're so proud of it. And it is not the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, but there is a beauty to that picture of these people who have a little wreath on their little ramsackle shack. And you look at it. It's clean. They're doing the very best they can. There's nothing wrong with that of, of, you know, striving for that. And often you see pictures like that as, as, um, to me, it it kind of exploits. And, and I, I, I think they call it poverty porn where people say, Oh, 
look at that impoverished community. Isn't that awful? Thank God I live in L.A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people like, say, oh, let, look let how sad. Let me tell you something about how much that building costs. Or, yeah, yeah. It's probably six months of your rent. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it is, it is uh, you know, oh, God, it is, it, it is, it is wild to think of, of the judgment looking, looking back here. Um, and yet, um, when you're in a small space, like we keep circling back to, you're in a small space, you see your neighbors, you know what's going on, you know what's happening. Um, uh, my neighbors know when my plants aren't doing well. I've, I've you know, to the point where they'll say, um, you, you're going to have to have some of our cucumbers because yours are not as I know, I know. <laughs> um, and there was a year my neighbor down, down on, on, on Wabash, um, they just came over one day and they said, you're this garden isn't going to make it, <laughs> yeah. but they're there every day tending to theirs. And this is when I was back and forth constantly. And, uh, but I thought that was so funny. Um, or when someone said your okra is getting too big I said, again, I, <laughs> but yeah. to think of that, to, 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 um, and some people would never want that. You know, they don't want the, the Norman Rockwell neighbors leaning over the white picket fence to, 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 to give opinions. <laughs> Sometimes it's an unwanted opinion, but it also means you have a neighbor. It means you know them. And there's, that's where it goes back yeah. to quality of life. You just, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful thing just in my community is, uh, you know, we got a neighbor that brings us potatoes. And uh, I haven't done it in a year or well, maybe two now, but I like growing tomatoes and um, banana peppers. Yeah. And just, I'll grow them, I'll do like a, a bucket garden. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. you can even like hang the tomato plant upside down. Yeah. Just let it naturally just go down. But um, I didn't do it the past two years because I didn't have time for it and the last year I'd done it, it was like some of my worst harvest. <laughs> to where it's like, I get a big thing out of, I guess, uh, giving gifts is a love language for me. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, if I have a good year with tomatoes and, dude, I, share the, the, wealth, big, the yeah. biggest joy is like, here, neighbor, here's half a dozen. Ex- exactly. Make when, you a tomato sandwich. When, when, <laughs> when, when I give my chickens eggs away, it is so rewarding for me. I feel like the chickens themselves have enjoyed it. I mean, I know they don't care, but that. They've enjoyed it. And when people say, oh, my goodness, and people know my chickens, you know, they, they know their names and their characteristics. And I'll say, well, the vengeance laid this egg, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and look at this big, brown, beautiful egg. And, um, and and we can laugh about it. Eggs are cheap. Yeah. What is it to give an egg? And yet I know this egg. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and there is something so, so rewarding of that. And this is a very... This is very much a very giving community, and I don't think I've I've heard of small towns that aren't really giving communities. There's this thing about that uh, small town hospitality or southern hospitality, and I think this is where it comes from. Yeah. And I'm not saying anything because Birmingham and Tuscaloosa and Mobile and uh, I could just keep naming cities. They're they're very hospitable as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It goes back to the, it's just something about knowing your neighbor. It it, it goes into the because f- you know their hardship. Oh yeah. And and you you know it's the full hospitality in in a town like this. I thought that um, you know I I and I've told my Tuscaloosa friends this. We laugh about this that Tuscaloosa is a town of people who say, "Oh my goodness, we've got to have you over sometime." That's a very nice thing to say. You're not. That, a, that was anything. not an invitation. That was just saying that. And and people didn't. You know, you yeah. just and you didn't oh, expect it. Either. And and you didn't really expect it either. If you had shown up, people would have been like, uh, "What?" Did, did you lose your phone? Did you like, yeah. why are you here? But here people are saying, Oh, we've, you've got to come over. If you don't go over in a couple of days, where are you? Yeah. They'll call <laughs> I, you. I, I was just, so, 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 not so, here? Did, did, didn't, didn't you say come over? Um, 
And um, one, one of my friends who's, who's on the library board with me, um, she'll say, um, come over and look at this. I think this would be a good idea for the library. So I'll stop over. And, well, since I'm there, we mm-hmm. may as well have a drink. And, um, you know, one drink becomes two. And, and then her husband comes home and we've got to catch up. And then yeah. we're talking further. And then, then Susan's like, well, I was going to make some dinner. And, you know, <laughs> and now it's 10 o'clock, you know, and we're yeah. talking and laughing and, and daughter came over and, you know, all these things. Yeah. And it is just a, a, um, and no aspect of it. When people come and go here, nobody's surprised or excluded when you arrive and someone's already there. Yeah. Um, I think about, um, in the spring before COVID, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd call it salon as if it, it, as if it, uh, <laughs> was like the French enlightenment salon. <laughs> But we gather, you know, just Saturday was a day to gather at people's houses. And um, at any given time, me or Tim and Aaron or, you know, somebody would be having a visitor from wherever. And so they may be a guest at Salon. And um, uh, and so so they might help lead discussion. But it's not organized in any way. Yeah. And we we didn't formally say, we'll come over for Salon. After a couple of weeks, we realized, like, wow, we're... We're the Enlightenment. <laughs> it just kind of happens here. We, we've just been having these people over, but everybody, people are doing that all over the place, yeah. and um, and gathering, and we're not always solving any problems. <laughs> you know, that, we're just a, gathering to talk. That's the thing about the house is uh, it's kind of that thing, especially a Saturday or Sunday when we're we're not working, is it's almost like clockwork. You know, uh, somebody might ride over and be like, "I ain't heard from Cobb, man. How's he been?" And I was like. Give it about an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll he'll, see him. He'll, he'll be coming by. <laughs> exactly. This house, um, uh, it 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 is deceptively large in the sense that you know it's just a big white box. A lot of Greek revival houses are. Um, and I've lived here alone um, most of the time. I've had guests at different times. Jack coming to stay here has been so much fun. Uh, my buddy Max, who I went to high school with, um, he uh, uh, he broke up with with his girlfriend and they've been living together and after a while said even if you live there you need to get out of that house for a little while nice and um and so he came here and um in 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 a place like this and a house like this in this kind of environment it it is that old old traveler mentality of there is not an end date i'm gonna come for a little bit I don't know how long, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not, it's not, um, mind the geese. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Better make peace with them. How long you're going to stay. Um, but you know, he came and, and, and stayed, stayed a month, month and a half. And, um, I think that if, if that happened in other places, people would be like, who's staying with you? Is that allowed in the zoning? You know, uh, um, oh, yeah, that, whatever, that, that yeah. sort of thing. And, um, when Tim and I were talking to, talking to, um, uh, talking to Jack, and we said, what are you doing in Montana? Come down to Greensboro. And um, we said, yeah, I'll think about it. Then two or three days later, he said, were you serious? I said, yes, come, <laughs> come down here. Big house. And, and I think about this of, of, of uh, next week, my um, my brother is going to come um, uh, for a little bit. Where's he at now? Um, and he, he, he's, he's still in high school. He's, he's oh. in Auburn. And um, he's going to come up. And um, I was talking about th- them coming up. Um, and he said... Uh, well, for how long? And I thought, oh, just however long you want or can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, you can come up for a day. I'd love to see you for a day. If you can come up for the week, stay the whole week, and you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever you um, decide. And and I think about that with 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 we were talking, you know, 
outside when you arrived about scheduling things. And and yeah, in, in, in another place, another time in my life, I would say, well, if you come on the 7th, you need to be gone by the 10th because I've got to do this and that and the other. You just don't think of things like that. Or I certainly don't in the, in, the, in this environment. That's, that's right. I think um, I tell people this is uh, I think time moves slower. It does. It, 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 um, there, have been, there have been totally separate from sunup, sundown. There have been um, three-hour-long, 15-minute intervals in my life here where I was just in the garden doing something, talking. There have been days where from, from where we are, you can hear the Methodist church bells ring. And there have been times where I heard every 15-minute interval and then the hours chime. And sometimes I thought, wait a second. Has an hour gone by or has two hours gone by? You know, I, I wasn't even aware of time, just the way that it was moving. I remember when I would uh, come home from Mobile back up to Kennedy to visit. And, uh, you know, I would have all day Saturday and half the day Sunday before I had to turn around and go yeah. right back to the coast. And, uh, you know, that Saturday I might call an old friend and be like, man, I ain't been, uh, I ain't been fishing over at your pond in a while. I'd like to get out there in the boat. Yeah, come on over in the morning. Yeah. And, dude, it would literally seem like we had been out there for three days' worth of Mobile. And you look down and be like, it's 10 o'clock? Yeah. You want to go get some lunch or something? Yeah. And I was like, my God, what are we going to do for the rest of the day? It feels like time just crawls here. Yeah. When um, <laughs> um, uh, when I've, I've had friends who came down and they said, well, um, what do you want to do today? And I thought, oh, I don't really have an agenda. We were just going to be here. here. Um, how the wind blows we're, we were going to be here in the yard and house until you got tired of that and then we were going to go to someone else's yard and house <laughs> um, so you want to walk around and see some other houses let's go see some other houses you want to walk around and see some cool modern architecture we'll go look at what oh, World dude, Studios this, this up town to this town is stacked with it too of oh yeah we, we, we've got a little bit of everything it doesn't matter which direction you go man it, it um uh, and what um, somebody told me they said well Greensboro can't be that historic I looked it up there's only two house museums and I said you forget house museums are houses that somebody left that nobody lives in anymore. So they became museums or whatever said there's no house museums or there's few house museums here because we're all still living in them. That's right. <laughs> they, 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 they're, they're, they're not all. Um, and the, um, the first time that I was down here, uh, which I guess Tim was across the street now. Yeah. Yeah. That stop sign that I took a picture of. And like Tim was telling me the story about that street corner. I was like, yeah, you don't tell me there's no history here. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like they, I think they literally sheltered the ML King here one night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, um, uh, uh, and, and yeah, it, it, from, and from, from civil rights, um, uh, slavery days, Creek and Indian War, crooked mayors. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the whole, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost the, 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 the same history book that could be for the whole world could have been written for a 10 year span of, of Greensboro history. And, um, you just feel so small and isolated if you elect to see it that way, or you feel like you are part of something so much bigger. And and the fact that we've got the safe house here, and that I, you know, I, I'll get my numbers wrong, but you know, within a week or two of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. being there, mm-hmm. shot. Um, so so you know, and, and and quite possibly had he not been sheltered, he probably would have that day. Been been been, been shot in Hale County or Tuscaloosa County. You know, we're. Um, and um, that 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 you that you're a part of this, and that so many 
so much of what we see as black and white news footage or black and white words on the text of in a history textbook it just feels like it, it was happened. life here yeah. it was things happening but here. when it's black and white it also feels like it was 150 years ago oh yes yes it's like now in reality it wasn't that long ago right and and um you know for good and for bad you see some of the same names in a cycle wow this this was the one of the founding people in town their name is still here in any given town you might see that and some people would say oh in that offer there's no progress and i'd say well but the founding member of town was a heretical slave owner with a this and a that and a drinking problem and so forth and their great 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 descendant whatever is um a community activate organizer um um you know doing all sorts of things said yeah the name doesn't yeah um that that's okay we're seeing um progress through this i'm just fascinated by people's connections to history and how they address it and um and again we keep coming back to it you do address history here you 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 see your neighbors and when when i um uh, i'm on the library board it's it's a it's a great passion of mine um and we were talking about a renovation of some things that we were going to do and um we we said you know in the lobby we need some more pictures of um we or we need a picture or something to to symbolize greensboro's history and, you know, the usual names came up. Well, maybe we'll do an early president. Or, or what about Governor so-and-so? You know, this building used to be his office. Well, what about um, General Nathaniel Green? Greensboro's named after him. We kind of went all the way around. And I know this is going to sound cheesy. We decided to put, and it was going to be the thing you saw when you walked in. We decided to put a mirror because all of those people, great, good bad, ugly, whatever they were, they were so much of their time. And at the end we said, we want to be really responsive to this community and what the needs of a current modern library are. Even if we're in an 1880s building, even if we have the mahogany and the chandeliers and the leather bound books, I know that's what a library looks like, but we're also a community center, a place for people to, to gather, place for people to get internet. So therefore, we want to be as current as possible. And so we settled and we're going to have a mirror there. So you walk in and you see yourself. You see the community. And I know that's a little on the cheesy side, but it's so perfect. I love well, that. I, yeah. I, no, I don't think it's cheesy. I mean, it, it might be as cheesy as that Michael Jackson song. If you're going to make a change, uh, look in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good to that. That's being responsive. I think that's a perfect lesson than looking to something historical. Sure, because I mean, don't a lot of people that grew up here come back here, or maybe oh had, yes, had family here at it, one time and it, wound back up here. You you meet a lot of people who who grew up here, couldn't wait to leave, or married somebody, or traveled, you know, whatever it was, and then they, when they could, when it was convenient, when it was possible, they they came back here and they decided um, to raise their family here to 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 be a part of something, and um, uh, I think it's important for us to realize that there's some people who wanted to get out, who couldn't and, and, and to be responsive to their needs and and ideas. Um, and that just because you were able to leave and come back, doesn't mean that someone else who could have left, maybe they, maybe they truly feel stuck here because they never got to leave. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have empathy for that, but it is just, um, uh, it's, it's great hearing people's stories from the outer world and everything and bringing it back here. Oh yeah. Small towns are never as close-minded as people would like to think because small towns are, are organisms. And um, and if they really were as close-minded as a lot of people would think, they'd be dead. The it whole would town be. would just die. But no, this is people coming and going 
It's but it's also it's, people like trading, but not with money. But they'll trade like the example earlier with the garden. Oh yeah, like I got tomatoes, but you got cucumbers. Right, right. Um, uh, you know? and 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 then then when people move here, they may trade what they thought they wanted. Maybe they're a craftsman. Exactly. What 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 can I do? And what is the the quality of life here? Um, uh, I think about. Um, when I was in Tuscaloosa, somehow I was so busy that I didn't get to enjoy a lot of the cultural activities that bigger city would have. The university puts on things. There's community theaters. There's the Tuscaloosa Symphony, and um, there would be there would be there were a couple of times where I missed the Tuscaloosa Symphony, which I really enjoyed, because I had gotten so busy with whatever. Well, here, um, I guess I'm just as busy because I'm still doing all these sorts of things. But I make a time, make it a point. For all the things, even if it's still in another city, I'm going to go do it in a way that I wasn't able to when I was actually in the city. Because you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing, too. I think I think the last time you were here, we were talking about uh-huh. living in New Orleans. Yeah. And Tosca, my favorite opera, was going to be performed at um, uh, Louis Armstrong Center in, in New Orleans. Um, and... I couldn't afford to go. <laughs> I, I, it was like a block away, um, right? Uh, it was. It was. It was a streetcar ride away. I could have gotten there and so forth, and 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 yet with everything going on and to pay for everything, I could not make it. And uh, but but separate from COVID, obviously, um, if if they did something like that again, well, I just drive down there. I can, you know, okay, let's let 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 let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I I I I do think. And and I and I, I you know people listen to this podcast if they started to listen to like earlier episodes and you know a couple of years from now they're gonna it's like oh yeah that must be a COVID time <laughs> podcast because they keep referencing it but I think what I hope a lot of people take from this past year mm-hmm. is valuing the relationships and people and experiences more what I wouldn't give to 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 hear live music again and some of these things that I miss oh yeah and 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 yet how how lucky I am that I was in a space like this. I knew people in Chicago who were in an apartment with a roommate in a, in a space the size of this area. Yeah. And yet I could walk out in my garden. I could be in these spaces. I could walk outside. I could take walks. I could be doing things. And I think that was so rewarding. And I think a lot of people are going to discover the American small town in the next couple of years because when insurance corporate doesn't need you to be in Manhattan, doesn't need you to be in downtown Los Angeles, wouldn't you rather be somewhere else? That's wouldn't right. you? Uh, um, you know, and I know people who work from home. If you could get a Birmingham salary or a Nashville salary or an Atlanta salary, and live in a town like Kennedy, like Greensboro, yeah, do it in a heartbeat. Oh my goodness, what what you can have, and um, I I I um, you know, like I said, there's price tags on everything except for quality of life, and sometimes. But I, even that shack that we mentioned oh, yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like that quality of life is no different than the mansion down oh, the street. Right, right. The 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 Because that might be exactly what that couple wanted. That, that, that's what they wanted. It's, it was their dream, they're on their family's land. What you know, whatever what it, what you know, whatever the idea is, it is um it is so just fascinating and and, and totally engrossing to be involved in and to see people in their lives yeah but just like just back to COVID and last year and like I, I have friends too like uh you brought up Chicago he was in Chicago and like the the stress of the year and like he worked he, he did work in airlines 
Oh. And, uh, I mean, he was also based in Chicago, which he was traveling around a lot because he was on planes. But uh, he called me the other night because uh, we had been talking back and forth, just trying to catch up, shoot a text, call me when you can. Yeah. He'll text, call me when you can. <laughs> like, okay, we're just going to play tag. Yeah. And eventually he calls me. He's like, man, I was in the process of quitting my job and getting the hell out of Chicago. And I was like, I thought so. I mean, what? What's left there? Yeah, What's get back to there? Bama, man. Come yeah. home. Yeah. Why be there? That's, I know the. I know that cannot be, you know, like that small apartment you're talking about is like, my God, if I was locked down on my property in Alabama, it wouldn't be a lockdown. Right, right. Because I was like, there's plenty of space. Yeah. Because I worry about that because, like, the folks that live in cities and those, especially in those boxed apartments that we're talking about is, man, I worry about your mental health. Yeah. Because, you know, I saw, like, Time Magazine put out this article of a, a single girl who was living in her New York apartment and how cluttered and nasty it was. And I was like, that probably is life for a lot of people. And I was like, that is a mental health disaster. Right, right. When and I'm, I'm not saying, like, toward that person. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm perturbed by that. I, 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 have, I have some friends, and sometimes I've asked them, did you go outside today? Did you leave your apartment yeah, today? Yeah, get vitamin D, man. And, um, <laughs> and, and they say, oh, well, no. Oh, I guess I didn't. And I thought, um, go look at a squirrel. Go, go talk to a pigeon. Go, go. Even if you don't see nature, go outside and and anything that you can. Um, I think I would go totally insane if I, if I was truly locked up. I, um, I I was reading a book and it, it talks about people on the space station and stuff and so forth. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of those movies and things where there's a, an asteroid heading for Earth and people have to leave oh, and yeah. whatever. And not in a negative way. I don't think I could leave. I don't think I could go live in a space station or a tube or underground or, or whatever. I think that I'd be one of the people who'd said, you know what, I'm going to go have a sunset. And, um, and, and if the world ends, it ends. Um, I taught a class. There's neither here nor there, but there's just one of those things that I taught a class on, um, um, first ladies, of the United States through material culture, their lives, what they did and so forth and how they affected culture. And something I came across that's fascinating is that all the president's families during the cold war america was building bunkers and and um raven rock this colossal underground facility and all these different mm-hmm. things of what what to do if there was a nuclear attack what 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 would be the process and every single think, one of them i think it's pretty simple you would die oh well, yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> and, and, well they, they'd come up with these and fail safes and all this kind of stuff whenever it would come down to it they found that the first family, particularly often on, on the president or the first lady's recommendation or behalf, they said, oh, we'll be here on on air or we'll be, um, we'll be broadcasting and talking to the people. If they can't go somewhere, we won't go there either. And um, when they, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, That's where my mind went. someone came up to get Jackie and the rest of them um, to go into the bunker. Mm-hmm. And she said... Um, um, we already have a plan of where we're going to go. And it's like, yeah, the bunker, and then we'll take you to Raven Rock. And then she said, we're going to go and stand on the south lawn of the White House under the Jackson Magnolia, where Little Jack's favorite place to play is, and we're going to hold hands and be a family there when it happens. 
powerful, you know, but no, they weren't, you know, and, and, and I think about that, not that there's, you know, apocalyptic thing about to happen, but I, I, I reflect on this of, could I give up the gardens and the land and the space to go just to keep living? I don't think you, I don't think it's life anymore. Well, man, I, I, and this is what I tell people when I tell people about Greensboro and specifically about, you know, all the friends that I've made down here since I came down here to meet y'all is, uh, and I just want you to come down here and meet these people is, uh, they literally have something that no one can take from them. Yeah. And they're literally building it themselves. That's what, when, when I moved here, uh, and people come and visit, this is not a town you have to sell to people. I like the way you say, I'm not, I don't have an agenda. Come down and meet these people. Cause that's what I would, friends would come and visit and, um, and you either get it or you don't. If, 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 if you don't like small towns, you don't like this and you're not open to it. Well then, Nice to see you, but I'll. It's because you you're not open. I promise. So. Right, right, right. It, it, it may just be that, that you're not um, not not interested in, in opening up to that, but but people, you know, they'd spend a weekend here and say, "Oh, this mm-hmm. is so wonderful. This is so peaceful. This is so nice." Our friend um, Sky came down. Uh, maybe I'd been here. It was before Tim and Aaron had moved here. I'd been here a year or two, and um, everybody came and they just spent. We just spent like a long weekend here, and. Um, she woke up one morning before everybody else and she said that she just walked around the yard and when I came downstairs, she said, oh, I've already made coffee. It was so nice. And we just talked for a while before anybody else got up. And she said, this is beautiful. This is where there should be an arts community. This is where this, this and I said, there is. There is. <laughs> said, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're we here just are. doing this. Yeah. And, and, and amazingly, um, maybe that was foreshadowing because she moved here. A few years later, she, she, she was here <laughs> And um, her life has taken several different different pathways, but but she was here, and um, uh, and then you know, and Tim and Aaron moved here, and Sarah and Robert, um, and uh, you know, we got Jack's foot in the door. We're yeah. going to see if we can keep him here. Um, and uh, there have been multiple times where old friends of mine, either from my Tuscaloosa life, New Orleans life, mm-hmm. some some phase in my history, have said, "We are seriously thinking about leaving city." wherever they are. Um, and we remember that time we visited you in Greensboro and this and that. And, um, I ask him, say, well, what is your hold up? Let me, let me tell you if your if your ideas are valid and you know, if the husband's job requires them to be in Birmingham, you can't live here. It, 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 that's too much. It, it, that, that's too far of a commute and your quality of life's not going to be there. But if your husband's job is not a deal breaker, and you're looking at doing this? Well, you might, if he can find something in Demopolis or Greensboro or Utah or or Marion or Tuscaloosa, then yeah, maybe you mm-hmm. you you can be here. And so often the end kicker was, and I'm talking about people my age who who were looking at, at moving here, um, was their parents said absolutely not. I have friends whose parents said we will buy you a house in Birmingham if you agree not to move to that racist backwater, terrible town. Uh, whether it was here or Utah mm-hmm. or Marion or, or, or Kennedy or anywhere, they, they just have this fear. And I thought, well, that generation who has done incredible things, but they also said, we're not playing by the same set of rules. Guess what? You can't work part-time in a McDonald's and put your family through college like you could in the 50s. Like, <laughs> you know, this a totally different set of values. And I constantly run into people who tell me, oh, young people don't care about history. They don't like the old houses. They don't like the old houses. That's why the old houses are falling apart in these towns. 
No. That's not it. Uh, modern banks don't lend on old houses because it doesn't fit within their tic-tac-toe board of what um, you know the insurance agent comes out and checks boxes on. People would love to be here. People are fascinated by it. sales that don't go through. It's not from lack of interest. It's um, it, 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 it's a bank who loan somebody $400,000 on a new build vinyl box on a slab, but they won't loan 50000 on a 150-year-old house in a town because an arbitrary decision from the 50s or 60s about red line districts, about things like that in mm-hmm. the United States. And, and, and I just kind of have to howl with laughter because look where it's gotten us. Yeah. And um, this won't hold this the 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 whole real estate everything you know it 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 doesn't hold every couple years it collapses and i think the next one is the uh the big collapse we just can't and and i think at the end of the day and i know ranting one way or another but this is real america it is Um, i know that new york is the powerhouse of economic and other places are producers and so forth but this is where people live and this is how we lived before the major cities and I think it's going to be a, a real wake-up call. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the conversation. I think we were talking about. Uh, it was me and a friend of mine, and we were talking about. It was just last year, or late twenty nineteen, when it seemed like you know it, we were about to have a civil war. And uh, I remember we were talking, and he was like, "As far as production, I think Alabama would be fine." And I was like, "I know we would." <laughs> It's New York and California that thinks we don't do anything. I was like, base level is like, our economy, if we were just an independent state, would be totally fine. Because we basically live off the land anyway. Would Birmingham and Tuscaloosa have to adjust? Yes. I I think as, as, as with or without a civil war, coronavirus showed us when you have a global economy that is dependent on getting masks from Sri Lanka, this from China, this from so forth. Well, what happens when international trade shuts down? What happens with this? I think about this state, this space of, um, and and I'll say something positive and negative. Over 200 years ago, the world's greatest superpowers were having wars or funding the wars over who would have this land. The Creek and Indian War, uh, War of 1812, all of this, there's international superpowers funding Native Americans, funding the French, funding funding different groups of who would end up with this incredible land. They, 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 they saw it there. Um, Napoleon and his gang would have been here physically fighting for it if it wasn't for uh, wars and things that they were going on there. Yeah, sure. But with the, um, uh, with this, you know, this, this, this land, it being so valuable, the thing that I sometimes say is that people have squandered this at times. So it's been 200 years of the most magnificent land. And even when it was not best managed, it's still an incredible place to live. Mm-hmm. California's drying up. State's on fire. Different things happening. You get to a point where you say, well, at some point, I would need to be somewhere where there's water. And, um, you know, the next big thing is not going to be oil. We've got water here. We've got these things. I know that's sort of doom and gloom, pessimistic, yeah. but it is a it is an idea. What what is the uh, what is the future of untenable spaces? And this is how people used to live. 
and Man, and figure out how to live here again. I don't even remember how I found this screw, but I live in. Uh, I, when I was a kid, I called it Cold Fire. It's a creek that's at the. I live on top of a hill, and at the yeah, and at the foot of the hill, is coal C O A L fire yeah, creek. Yeah. But back in the 1850s, it was called Cold Fire, and I was looking at these old maps, and then I. Then you could pull up county, and Lamar County wasn't even a county at that time. It was part of... Um, it was uh, Pickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it was Greater Pickens. Uh, uh, Green County was all of Green and Hale County, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. And I was looking at all these bodies of water, and then like I sent this map over to a buddy, and I was like, did you ever think about... Th-? I was like, I knew these creeks because we fished and swam in them. Right. But I was like, dude, we were surrounded by water. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> the the and you know we we, I, I I often joke when I'm giving garden club lectures or things like that that in Egypt or material culture I say in Egypt like with aqueducts and things. Or? Oh well, well that, that that you 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 drop your sandal in the sand in Egypt. Well, three thousand years later they dust the sand off. There it is. <laughs> oh, in Alabama, yeah, okay. you, you you drop something in the soil. Well, there's a tree there <laughs> the next day. You know everything just grows here, uh-huh. and 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 what it's like. Um, you know, and I have people say, oh, it's just so hot down there. It's, it gets hot in Chicago too. Um, uh, I, I, I still think having grown up and lived my whole life here, the summer I was in New York city walking around, I sweat so much. It was so hot. Um, I was wearing blue jeans. My white shirt got dyed blue from the dye in the blue jeans, you know, getting it. I, I was that hot, just soaked in sweat. Uh-huh. And um, I think cities. So it gets, are, I think cities are hotter anyway. It, it, it gets that hot elsewhere. It also gets that cold there. Yeah. Um. So I say, yeah, I know we've got a long season of it being boilingly hot, but you learn how to live with it. If you got a fan running, uh, I mean, I, I grew up with that air conditioning, and for the most part, I keep this house naturally ventilated. Um, I do have air conditioning. I can turn it on for events and parties, and and when people really need to be comfortable, but um. We couldn't ask for better weather. Oh yeah, no, this 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 weather's so perfect. But even on the the hottest day, you can sit here still with some cool water and a fan on. And if the fan's on the right place, you can you you can be fine. There you go. And I think about the energy consumption. I'm I'm extremely interested in sustainability and just you know the the, the planet's future. And I think about what we have here and using resources. I would I would feel guilty. If I was just running the heat or air to heat and cool this entire house, depending on what needed to be done, I couldn't imagine trying well, to do that this... last week. You know, with the polar vortex. Oh yeah, oh yeah. God. You know, and 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 when 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 it got that cold, um, Jack was upstairs in his room and um, he had his little heater on and he was heating that space. And um, I heated the kitchen. We ate in the kitchen. Didn't didn't go into other spaces. Um, and um, then when it was time to go to bed, um, I went in and. Heated up my little space. I'd slept in a smaller room just to heat up that one space. Rather than have the entire system cranked on max, just trying to cool off, just 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 yeah. just, just burning up or heating it up, you know it it um. Uh, but we've been conditioned to believe that success is a track house that's one temperature, one this, one that, and I really believe, um, and a lot of my old house friends, we we laugh about. You don't get sick in an old house. Because it's drafty, <laughs> you're hot, you're cold, you have all these things, you can just deal with it. And um, you meet these kids who grew up in hermetically sealed, brand new houses, mm-hmm. and um, they can't look at a dandelion. 
Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to go outside and get a get allergic to stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Got to get them out. Just get, get 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 some dust. Get some this, and um, uh, you know the the air moves through. You want the air to move through. You you know some of these some of the things that people say about historic houses that oh well they're this they're that they're built on that on on purpose, and um, um, air is supposed to move through this house. They're they're the ground floor is so cool in the summer. With it sitting on this ice cold pocket of, of, of air directly above the cold ground, it's not a slab foundation. It's it's has this icy pocket, and the air uh-huh. circulates through that, and it's just wonderful. Man, I think uh, I think like the the house in the open air is kind of like this. My dad is like a huge believer in uh, like local local hunting. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, you get that cook stuff. It don't don't go. He's like, don't go buy it at the grocery store. So we have like this these people. Uh, down the road that have honeybees and he was like each had two spoon or two of this a day you won't have to worry about allergies and you probably won't get sick he's like because think about it he said what are those bees doing they're pollinating all these one or two mile area yeah radius that we live in yeah yeah and he said and you're eating their honey yeah he's like what does that do to your immune system you have to be exposed to all of that right right so i was like there has to be something to that I i think so and i think about our region gets gets storms that blow up all the um, pollen and things everything mm-hmm. gets, gets mixed around and you're outside you're breathing this you you take part in it you actually have some you know a little bit of built-in built-in immunity to it um and you know there's struggles and trials and tribulations of living in an old house but there's so much to be benefited i, I just really enjoy it yeah man well dude uh anything else you'd like to go um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of, of a couple of things I'd wanted to say. One of them is I think we forgot the horses out back. If you want oh, to yeah, oh yeah, I'll, um, I'll, yeah, I'll mention that. I'm going to say, um, and I don't know where this fits within it or if you even want to use it. When I was looking at buying an old house and I asked other people, I asked people in the preservation world that I was in mm-hmm. who were interested in preservation and history who did not live in old houses and I'd say, why don't you live in an old house? And they would always say, oh, well, um, back in 93, the such and such house was available. And we really thought about it. But then this happened and that happened. And for whatever reason, they didn't buy it. And they've regretted it ever since. And then I would ask my friends who do live in old houses mm-hmm. and the things that they've done. And I'd say, well, what was it like working on the house? And husband and wife or you know whatever, they, they, they would say, Oh my gosh! There was the Thanksgiving where, the 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 something broke in the attic, and then there was the year that this collapsed, and the, you know they they talk about that, and and I say, would you w- if you had to do it all over again, would you? And they always say, oh, in a heartbeat, in in a heartbeat. I know a few people who lived in an old house, then moved mm-hmm. to a new one, and they say that they miss it, they regret it. So I think that if if it does speak to you, if there's a calling for that. Try it, do it. You know, that's if, if you think you want to do it and, and you know, explore it and try it. But, um, but the people who, if you don't want, if your dream is to go on a cruise and when you come back, your house has been renovated and it's ready to move in and you didn't want to have a say in it, this, this, this is not for you. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Harrow, the realtor who sold me the house, um, the, the first or second time he met me, he said, Now listen, old houses aren't for everybody. Small towns aren't for everybody. Old houses in small towns are for even less. But I think you fit the bill for that. 
And um, that spoke to me, and it's it's you know it's been rewarding ever since. I I, I love that he said that, and 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 did did part of that. And um, speaking of art and the gardens and and these things, that this house had a couple of little brick paths and gravel paths and and a couple of mature plants, but a lot of overgrown privet and kudzu and hedges and all of that. And as I cleared it, spaces were asking for something. Or before I realized they were asking for something, something would be offered to me. And my friend Eve, um, we were having drinks on the lawn in the garden one, one, one afternoon. And like you said, you got to listen to people. Something was on her mind. And she said, I'm distracted. I'm just really upset. I, um, I have to deal with my late father's estate. And we've got just about everything settled. But he has some pieces. He was an artist. And he wanted what he did not finish and sell to be destroyed. He did not want it. He did not want his partial pieces out in the world. And she said, so now, <coughs> now I'm faced with, she said, I've been, I, I, I've been trying to deal with this. And she said, I just can't stand destroying my father's work. It's, I don't feel good doing it. And I said, well, tell me the types of things that it is. And um, some of it included these two colossal horses he'd been building. And... Um, we went to go see them, and I said, I've got an idea for you. Let me destroy the horses by taking them outside. They're not, they're supposed to have been a finished sculptural aspect. He never finished them, but they're, they're, they're on their armillary. They're, they're, they've got their um, bases put together. I said, let me put them out here and let nature destroy them. She loved that idea. And so, so I said, well, what am I going to do with these giant horses? And um, there's a video somewhere of us trying to load these horses into a U-Haul. Yeah. And it does look like something out of the Battle of Troy. I mean, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're, and we're puzzling and, and we can't do this. And, but anyway, we get them in there and um, they, have been, they, have, they have reinvigorated a part of the yard. You go out to see them. And there's one, there's the joke of, oh, and come and see the horses. Well, you're on this property. You think maybe there are some horses. Yeah. And you come around the corner. You don't see them at first. I love that they're a little bit hidden. You come up and then you see them and now you're in their space and you're, you're, you're influenced by that. And, um, it's been raining on them. I'm starting to train Ivy to grow up the, the, the bases of them. They will become topiary forms. And over the next 10 years, they will, they will disappear. But what a story and what a life. And it makes me think about pets that you have. You're not going to have them forever. They will be so rewarding for the time you have them. And it'll be a, immediately will become part of the canon, part of the story mm. of your space. And so now I have this connection to an artist whose work that I love. And I have some of his permanent pieces, but but I, I will have been taking part of his last wish that his work get destroyed while still giving it a last hurrah. You know, and just with, All of that. you know, when you come to the foyer with the the story that we started oh, yes, with, yeah. dude, like when you were giving me the tour of the backyard, you couldn't have weave those two stories together any better oh yeah yeah so we have the two horses in the, in the cross as you come in then the very back of the property there they are again and it is it is um uh and you know he's gone uh frank the the, the artist he's gone but his daughter we we've grown so close over bonding over this over these ideas and the, this, this connection the horses and and um and then going over to see her house and and the things that she's working on um and she bought her house from another artist who moved to another house. She basically finished the house. She said, you know what? I'm, I've done what I can do here. I'm going to try something else. 
and and we 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 laugh because you'd think that a small town always has realty and stuff available. Well, Theodora, we I call her Theo. Um, um, we're, we're we're close, and she said, "Well, I'm selling my house, so I think I'm going to buy another house around town." Well, the house sold so fast, she couldn't find another house oh, yeah. before, so she had to move. She moved back. Um, closer daughter or somewhere for a little while while she continued to search. And I said, it says a lot that you moved from just outside of Nashville to Greensboro, mm-hmm. having no family here, no anything here. You just fell, found this town and fell in love with it. Then decided you, you wanted another house in Greensboro, had to go back to the Nashville area to still continue to look in Greensboro. So moved twice to Greensboro. Yeah. <laughs> I think that says a lot for us. But it really is. It's it's a town to come and discover. It's a place. It's a mindset, and um, I encourage people to to take a second look at areas like this that they may have thought they knew. And um, you know, some of our work is that I guess we're supposed to have a a state of the art website and internet presence to try to bring people here. I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what you put on that website that says. Oh, we have a this and we have a that and we have the other. No, we just have a way of life, you know? Yeah. And and I'm not sure what a tourism board would, would say that we have. I know what we'd say we have. We have a great downtown, fun people, um, house museums, some great restaurants. But but that doesn't lure people. You have to be here and say, I like the mood of this place. I like what's going on here. Yeah, I didn't know anybody here. I had to come down here to meet Tim, to have him on the podcast. Right, right. And when we got done, he's like, I'd like you to come down and... Uh, meet everyone else exactly yeah and yeah. It, it, like right when i walked in there i i, I just met uh sarah and aaron yeah i yeah. hadn't even met you and i don't jack wasn't even down yet I don't yeah think. no no yeah 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 and uh i mean i i saw aaron's place and like what he was thinking and what was on his mind for the studio and i mean sarah's got it going on with her oh uh, yeah with her stuff yeah uh, and it's good too. I love her food. Oh yeah, yeah, just but, incredible. I've got some for you. I knew you were coming down, so and and it was awesome. gonna be a Sunday, so so I snagged a few pieces for you. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> but you but, know, uh, and and like I immediately fell in love because I mean that is something like of I consider myself based in Kennedy and the Columbus area, right? And I'm trying to build culture, but anytime like oh, there's a group of people in Greensboro and they're doing it together, and it's just a ton of fun. And 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 think. COVID's over. There's going to be some big thing. You and Jamie and friends and say, Ian, I've got some, some people who want to come. And I'd say, well, come stay here for the weekend. There you go. And say, it's a big group. More than can fit here? Well, you'll stay with Tim and Aaron. Well, you know, it, it's, um, no, there's not a hotel here. But but I think when people come here, they stay with the community. They, you know, it should they, be they, that way, right? They, 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 it, it, is, it is just a, and that, that again, it goes back to that old, old American, old Southern, you'd go to a place, there weren't taverns and inns, you'd just go and stay with, 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 with somebody, they'd put you up for a little while, and, you know, I, 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 and maybe Airbnb is the next generation of that, to people saying, hey, come and stay, you know, with or without us. Um, I, th- I think so, man, because, I mean, that's something that uh, me and other friends have been talking about, is acquiring, like, apartments, or maybe a small home in these different cities and it's like airbnb it. oh yeah well what do you want outside of that well i have a lot of musician friends and that's a that's a hot pocket town for musicians right and they could stay at my place exactly exactly when i when i if if i could have a house in all my favorite towns and cities and places when i wasn't there i would say i would find who who's the arts group or who's what's going on of who can do a residency and be able to stay 
mm-hmm. you know, stay there. If 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 uh, I was joke about it, if I had a lot of money, I would I would lose it all. But it wouldn't be on Mercedes and oh, and no. other stuff like that. I I would probably put the new roof on. I you know hopefully, but but it would be in art and hosting things and cultural stuff, and um and and that's where an impact can be, and that's where the quality of life. Um, I love the group we've got here. I love that people come down and you feel a part of it when, when you're there. You're drawn back to it. Um, I mean, it's always, I can't wait till the next time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get your foot out of the door, too. It, it, it is. And, and, and we've found there have been times, I've got, I've got a close-knit friend group who's in Birmingham. And somehow, now Birmingham has way more to do oh, and way sure. more restaurants and everything else like that. But we have ended up gathering here <laughs> more often <laughs> than going. And we keep saying, oh, well, it's your turn next. We're going to come and see they you. We're keep gonna, coming back here. And we end up keep coming here, which I love. I absolutely love it. And, of course, I know we're going to go back up there. But it is just funny to say, at the end of the day, it's still there was a draw. There, mm-hmm. were, there was a draw back here. And, um, uh, and I think that, that separate from the people in the community, e- even if small towns – and, and zooming back out, even if the South and Alabama have a bad rap, I think I think people, when they come here, they're going to see something different. I think when you engage with people, you're going to make mm. connections that are going to be very hard for you to then leave and say, I don't know, that that, that that's a bad place. Um, when um, my friend Charlie, who was in Rural Studio, when he left, I said, the thing I'm biggest, the thing I'm worried about the most when you go back to New York is are you going to be an ambassador for Alabama now? Cause I loved hearing what he and his friends thought of, of coming oh, yeah. down here. And he said, no, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say, y'all, it's not like that. Or, you know, was he going to say y'all? Uh, oh, well, you know, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I wonder if he, I, he, he may not, I don't know if I got him that, that, that inundated, but, um, yes, we end up on the national news because, you know, we have uh, we have the love gov. We've got you know we we we, we you know we, we we have these things happen. But you know, when Alabama missteps, people love to laugh about it. Oh, yeah, they always celebrate to laugh about bad it. things, right? And um, um, the only thing they're good for is winning football. Uh, right, right. You know, they 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 say that, and 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 yet, um, the people here. You know, I know that we we elected elected some people and have done some things. But that's not the everyday people. That's that's not the mentality here. And and who rises to the top? The people who are shouting the loudest. And sometimes that's some some pretty odd birds. That's some pretty crazy people. But um, but that's not everybody here. And to and to write off this region, whatever political spectrum they're they're writing off, it doesn't matter. It 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 it, it you know they they we're we're here. We're working. We're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 we're be, we're coming to be a part of it. And whether you're in a big city or small town, do be part of what you can, but don't write off others if you don't understand what they're doing. That's it. Cool, man. Anything else to add or subtract? I've just been been looking forward to this, um, and and I hope the listeners know that that conversations like this are happening all over the South, and and uh, love porch talk and love what you're doing, Amen. and just seeing what a cool thing. And um, that map, I have to find it again. Um, you know, it lights or it was it was. It was colors on the spaces where people were listening. And I thought, you know what? Something's happening here. It's not just my imagination. <laughs> Everybody's tuning in yeah. to, to hear, to hear porch talk all over the country. It blows my mind. And like, it's all, I always just show people like the Southeast or the Eastern seaboard, but it is 
that way, you know, with the exception of the Midwest, because I think Kansas and like some of those, they're spread out in population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when you do a heat map like that, yeah, you don't but, get the dots. But like the whole West Coast and like Canada, um, Europe, yeah, just like who the, what's what's going on here? Else? Yeah, yeah. Like thanks, guys. <laughs> Glad y'all tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know y'all were there, but uh, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to, uh, i got a couple more folks to go, and then uh, Tim and I have been talking uh, that we should have a Greensboro episode where we just have everybody on at once. Absolutely. But I would like to get everybody introduced and then yeah, have, then have a hee-haw. Oh, absolutely. That, 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 that would be fantastic. Well, cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, Ian, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done this already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show, whatever podcast app it is that you listen to on, you'd be surprised at who doesn't. It's uh, it's fairly simple. It's task free. You just tap that five star button and uh, leave a a quick word. But uh, thankful that you're here. Okay, I'm gonna close out now. Tim Higgins, uh, his album Blight. He's celebrating one year of it being out. And what an album. The fellow that opened, Jack Thomason, played on that record. Full circle. And so here is when I had Tim on for his episode. First time in Greensboro, Alabama. Here is The Quitter. Peace out. Hi, I'm Tim Higgins. We are on my porch in Greensboro, Alabama, and I'm going to sing a song for you called The Quitter. I
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.